Good morning, Mitsus. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a podcast that used to be about books, uh, but now we are part of, in, in the middle of our triumphant return to movies. So, you know, that's something, right? At least you have that. Uh, why does my intro always sound so defensive? Um, I'm glad you're listening. Uh, my name is Alex Falcone. I'm here with my co-host in Southeast Portland, Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, remember, you guys, at least you have that. I think that's if that's the one thing this show can give to you. Like, as the world spirals into a darker and darker nightmare, at, at least at least I watched a movie. This. Yeah, at least yeah, exactly. At least you have that. Oh so, man, that in hindsight, wish I hadn't said that. Um, also joining us today, we have a very special guest at Robot Caitlin on Twitter. Please welcome back, Caitlin Gill. Drive it like you stole it. <laughs> Uh, Caitlin, you, uh, one of the reasons we're talking to you right now, besides the fact that I try to talk to you almost every time, um, is <laughs> that you just dropped your, your, uh, your new album, Major. I uh, did. Which just came out, which is on all of the fine, uh, uh, music and otherwise listening platforms, and you can get it now, and Caitlin, it's so good. <laughs> I listened Thank to, you. I listened to the entire thing over the weekend with my wife, and we had a great time. We, it's really, oh, really funny. I, I've heard some, maybe a couple little bits from or being around with smaller shows, but I had not heard most of it, and I just love it. Oh, man, what a great, what a triumph. You're, you should be so happy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I Every- named it after my sweet dog. It was yeah. a very heartfelt project from the jump. You can, the- I'm kind of weirdly proud that anyone can listen. It's, like, uh, clean in that there's no, I mean... I didn't use any bleepable words, and there's none of my jokes that are funny about doing it. And uh, <laughs> so, if but there is a young person in your life that you like to listen to comedy with, but you don't necessarily, you have to keep skipping blowjob tracks, then you can just push Smash Play on the whole album. You and can you're do good it. To go. Yeah, and yeah, it's, I'm proud. It's not like infantile, and also it is for anyone. It's, it's it makes me happy. And the thing that you, one thing that you do um, comedically that I like so much is that the. Like the 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 heart of your jokes is not diminished by your wanting to tell a joke about it. Like the the start of every joke is like real sincere. You're so genuine this whole time, and uh, and it just it's just so likable. Is that why Thank I'm you. I'm bad at talking? But you know what I mean. No, I mean I do. I, it's funny, um, you know, the way comedy has reflected the times. I have turned very warm. And love it. Like, I actually care about how you feel when you yeah. are done listening to the album, and I hope that it is better. Uh, which... I, I like that very much as a way to do comedy. And also, it's like, but it's it's not like fake positivity. It's just like everything you say, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she means that. This is not just to waste my time. I do, yes. My strategy of also screaming about things that no one should care about that much is really paying off. So there's a lot of yelling about things that no one should feel that strongly about. That I mean, people have heard you on the show Kaylee before. Gilmore. Yeah, that we're familiar with that turn. What? No. <laughs> also, I love having your dog on the cover. Um, anyway, that's oh, great. Oh, yes. Yeah, Ch- yeah. Check My out Major available Please do. about right now. Uh, it is available. It's on all of the things. Buy it if you want. Thank you. But honestly, I get paid if you listen on Spotify. So do it. Yeah. And and because I it's- mean, what what way do you get the biggest cut? If someone wanted to support you, the, like Spotify, you're getting a little bit, but if you buy it directly from a certain store, do you get a little bit more of a cut? What's- sure. 
iTunes, if you want to grab it on iTunes, that helps me for a lot of reasons, up to and including financially. Um, if you are a serious XM listener, it would be super cool if you let your comedy station know by tweeting or telling them directly that you dig the album. That yeah. is super significant to me. And uh, if I ever come to your town and I have those download cards for 10 bucks, even if you can listen on Spotify, those honestly change my life. So directly yeah. for me, the best way. If you want to buy it on iTunes, honestly, I'm honored. Uh, and if you are a serious XM listener, then listen when it comes on and that is like magical it's so you, cool that they're playing it you can find uh, tour dates at caitlingillcomedy.com caitlingillcomedy.com indeed and you can also see this cute dog oh um, yeah my dog's on my website yeah um, I really leaned into the dog the the best way to support uh, something like this is to buy the d- download card for $10 but only have a 20 and then decide you don't need change that is that's, correct. That's that is the ultimately move. the best way to support me. Cash oh. in my actual physical hands changes my world more than I'd like to to acknowledge. Although the the serious thing is actually like such a fascinating turn. This is a little bit. I mean, this is all probably this part is probably too inside baseball for people. But um, Sirius uh, XM is actually like the. I think the most money that is going to comedians right now is coming through Sirius, and it's recent, and it's going to go away, I'm sure. But asking them to play her album would absolutely be noticeable for her like whereas like spotify might be like two tenths of a of a hat hey penny yes like uh serious is real money so get those truckers listening to caitlin yeah it's very cool it laughs usa uh channel 98 i'm pretty sure played the Mm -hmm. whole album which is like game changing for me it's very cool so yes if you are a serious xm listener every little bump you can give a caitlin gill track is a uh game changer it's very cool I, I don't not to take anything away from that. You should definitely request her songs. But if you're listening to Laughs USA anyway, you might hear me a little bit. I got a few tracks up on, oh, yeah. on, on Laughs Any USA. Any comic you like, yeah. let Sirius know you like them. And yeah. that changes uh, their whole month. It's very yeah. cool. Well, okay, so check out Major. Um, now we got to talk about, um, we got to switch gears to a major bummer. Um, we watched G.I. <laughs> Joe Retaliation. Uh, this is uh, season two, episode thirty-six of the pod, and we are uh, right in the heart of the Rocktober. It's time. F- I was going to call it the Rocktoberfest this time around, but it turns out Oktoberfest is in September, like because Germans are weird. Uh, is it? It might be a time zone thing. I don't know. Anyway, it's the Rocktober. We're watching the Rock, and so we start out with uh, GI Joe colon retaliation, and um, what we've a shit doing, show. We've been doing Rocktober long, not super long. But long enough that we're really starting to scrape the bottom. And The Rock does 40 movies a year. I and know. somehow we've done all the ones that are somewhat watchable. I know. And it's crazy. We are I, like, yeah, we're really in the in the dregs of The Rock yeah. right now. Well, I got, I, I have some theories. I, I, I want to debut this October. <laughs> I want to workshop. Uh, Is it too I, early? Voted- Can we start right now? No, yeah, I've already ran one of these by you a few weeks ago, Alex. Oh, yes, yes, yes. My, the- my, my grand theory of The Rock is what yes. I'm trying to, like, build towards here. <laughs> Which is, Kaylin, so I, I had this, coming up to October, looking at mm-hmm. The Rock's filmography, I had this um, kind of profound realization. Everyone loves The Rock, yes. right? Yep. That's Everyone. Like, he's just one of those guys who's just, like, very, very likable, uh, people, he, you're never upset when he shows up and stuff. He can do anything, it seems. Um, he's very, very famous. He's probably one of the most famous people in the world. Imagine. I want you to just close your eyes and imagine <laughs> how famous The Rock would be if he was in a single good thing. Okay? <laughs> and I don't... 
Okay, he's in a bunch of okay things. Yeah. But imagine if The Rock was in a single, like, if you take took one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's most iconic roles. Like, yes. a Conan or a Terminator or even, like, one of his, like, like, a kindergarten cop. Like, something that just, like, really made a mark on the culture. Like, imagine if The Rock <laughs> was in... just that <laughs> sentence, like, kindergarten cop, something kindergarten that made a major <laughs> impact on culture is, like, it, my well, favorite that, thing. It changed the way well, that we well, all go I to mean, kindergarten. It changed well, we the way the think, tumors were diagnosed. No yes, doubt. exactly. No doubt. We all think about tumors differently that way. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, the way, like, the Terminator is such an iconic yes. role that it's like, people will love Arnold Schwarzenegger for, he gets so much love just because uh, of that one role. And The Rock doesn't have that. So what he, and I, I think, uh, here's my theory, is that he knows he's too powerful if he had too much love. So he's purposely deluding The Rock with, like, G.I. Joe retaliation. Skyscraper. Like, Jumanji was so hot, he needed to do Rampage and Skyscraper back-to-back. Two movies which I love. So yeah. watch okay. the words, because no, uh, this is fighting talk here. I want, no, no, I want to I I agree with this really quick. Just Like, he's done plenty of things that are fun. Yeah, but f- plenty of decent movies, and even but, like I know, like I love a lot of things. I like I, Jumanji was actually like a pretty solid, uh, a pretty solid film. Um, uh, I like all the Fast and Furious. There's a lot of things I like, but none of those roles where you're like, oh, The Rock is playing this iconic character, the way like like the way the Terminator is an act. Like I don't, I, I feel like The Rock is just hanging out in every movie he's in and punching yeah. stuff. But he's just like, I'm The Rock. I'm hanging out. I punch stuff. That's me. Um, I, there's no time where I'm like, this is him playing a character that I will remember, or that is like, this is a crucial film for people to watch. I enjoyed Skyscraper; it was very tall, um, but none of, none of this is like, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm into this. I think also Moana doesn't count because it's uh, he's not his face. Yeah, it, no, sure honestly, is, that's a genuinely I mean, great movie. Moana is is now that I I think about it, is probably his most like in terms of if you look at like. The thing that will have the longest tale of cultural impact, you know, yeah. like Maui is just a uh, iconic character. But that's that is just like why isn't he in more iconic movies? Like why? Because is, like, someone then he so wouldn't be the Rock; he'd be the Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't get to be anything. Like he's the Terminator. The Rock isn't giving the Rock to any property. He's the Rock. He gets to be that. <laughs> It's like he hasn't taken a role which could supersede his own identity, yeah. which is sort of genius. That is that like is the Rock only he's in movies that he can carry, you know, and well, get he, sort I mean, of the esteem of being the best thing in the movie. Yeah. Well, also, I think like he's he's working with a, a direct like better directors now. Like he, his next project, he just announced a director, and it's like really interesting. But like. The people he has been working with, like the the guys who made like Rampage and uh, uh, like San Andreas, like these a lot of these sort of directors that it seems like he can he hires so he can push around a little bit and just make <laughs> rock movies. Like he's not really working with like different artists who create stuff, you know, like James Cameron. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. he hasn't found the the no director has taken on the rock as a muse. Yes. Yeah. I mean, why why doesn't he have that? I I want to see The well, Rock working with Lowe's Van Trier in somewhere in Germany. You know, <laughs> okay, I so, so you when PT have, so, Anderson and The Rock collide, look out. Yeah. 
so oh we have some God. general general agreement on this thesis. Anthony, your theory on why this is is because he doesn't want to get too powerful because it would destroy the earth. And Kaylin, yeah. your theory is he doesn't want to be known for a role. He wants to be known as the Rock. And those are both um, those are both interesting ways to go. I think probably the one where he destroys the earth is less likely. I, think, I don't think he destroys the earth. I think. I think he- I think if The Rock was in a single film as quality as Terminator 2, he would be the leader of at least two small countries by this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it would be like, yeah, he does 10 movies a year and he kind of runs Bulgaria. It's sort of weird. Uh, it's like, mostly you know a ceremonial I mean? post, but he's changed a few things. Yeah. Yeah, but like, if, it, if he was just in a few things that like people like really loved, you know, uh, I think that it would. It, People would just love him too much. He wouldn't be able to go anywhere. So here's, he what, to- here's what I can say about his. Just pull this up on uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Of of the f- only ten films that he's done have generally positive ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, so sixty percent or above. Five of them are Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> so uh, not a lot. There's not a lot of great stuff on this list. Moana's on there. Jumanji. Oddly, Central Intelligence, which I did not care for, um, but that's seventy-one percent. And the rundown. I wonder if I wonder if he thought Hobbs and Shaw was going to be the one. Yeah, I like mean, if he thought yeah. that was going to be his iconic role, he didn't realize how devoted to family the Fast and the Furious <laughs> crew is, and didn't really well, recognize that, like Tokyo Drift, if you step outside the family a little bit, you lose a lot of a significant amount of interest, and then you have to rewrite Han dying. I mean, it's a lot that goes into. You also end up in the. I, I really think the. I, I have not seen Hobbs and Shaw yet. I know we're going to do that. Uh, this Weirdly, is kind nobody of a, has. I feel yeah. like the people in the movie theater didn't see Hobbs Did and Shaw. Yeah. I don't it's, know what happened to it, but if you saw Fat like Fate of the Furious, your eyes wouldn't let you see Hobbs yeah. and Shaw. We obviously it's, will it's be the, watching that during this uh, the Rocktober. Um, it's be, it's yeah. just how could the Rock foresee that. In the same summer in which Sean Wick 3 had, like, that incredible knife fight, no one wants to see The Rock run down a CGI building. You know what I mean? Like, that's the main thing. Where, like, I remember seeing, like, John, like a trailer for Hobbs and Shaw before I saw John Wick, which has all this incredible practical real stunts. And the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw was just The Rock in a green screen room doing green screen stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't want to see that at all. I just watched a real action movie for 90 for two hours. That was good. Yeah. I do think as we scoot back toward G.I. Joe retal- yeah, retaliation, this is exactly the th- – yes, you nailed it. That right now, liter- like right now, action movies are just starting to look incredible again because technology and talent like have merged once more mm. where you can get like – you know, if you let Chad, I'm going to say his last name wrong, Stileski, I think, the I think that's uh, right. co-director of John Wick and also the director of Atomic Blonde, if you give him a tiny camera and a, two actors who can fight, he can give you, like, the unbroken <laughs> fight scene of Atomic Blonde, or he can give you yeah. the incredible visual splash of John Wick 3 while still th- keeping things really grounded. Like, Edgar Wright and Baby Driver, you can get all these shots that are more real and more fantastic at the same time. Whereas in 2013, we were playing with a different kind of new technology where, like, everything was just as fake as possible. Yeah, uh, There is so much stuff in this movie that's like, you know what would be more interesting is actually actors. But no, sure, show me a big color. Yeah, make this explode bigger, I guess. Yeah. 
And like this is the this is like this movie is a prime example of uh just Bruce Willis you can tell being very difficult. Like uh, uh. like like this what entire thing? cast looks like an IRS tax bill rundown. Yes. <laughs> it, it looks like everyone was served some kind of tax bill on the same document and they got the script with it. That yeah. the cast is so excellent and the movie is so bad. It really does it like was everyone obligated? I forget <laughs> what film company this is. It's not TriStar. That was another thing. But did everybody get was everyone in debt to the studio? Yeah. Because uh, uh, yeah, you got uh, the whole rundown: Dwayne Johnson, Jonathan Price, like it, all these people show. Channing Tatum's in it. All these people Ray show Stevens, up. Like, uh, Walter Goggins. Were you really? You couldn't get any other character role but this. This movie's cast is kind of a murderer's row when you actually look at like, I mean, everything from like Ray Perks to Bungling, who's awesome, to fucking. Bruce Willis used to be great. My boy Ryan Hansen jogs through the background at one point and says, Yeah, the the kid from Jurassic Park is the sniper who puts a bullet in his mouth, which seems like it would actually hurt your teeth (laughs) more than save it. That's a terrible idea. And they never, that was like, Well, surely this is going to be important later, but don't. But, but I like I the the kid from Jurassic Park shows up in like one thing every five years. Uh, like he was in Social Network and this and Justified. And whenever he shows up, I'm like, it's the fucking kid from Jurassic Park. I'm glad he's doing okay. I just like I get so yeah. excited whenever I see him in anything. I always like seeing Ryan when Hansen a child something. actor is in something that's not a tragic headline. Yes, 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 yes exactly. Good news. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I always like to see Ryan Henson in something, even briefly, because it means that now I have a, um, I have a The Rock number of of two and a Bruce Willis number of two because I did a TV thing with Ryan. So now I'm like, I, all these people, Channing Tatum, two degrees of separation from me. Take that. So close. I'm doing so great. Close. I could, I can um, call him if I want. I think. Can Legally. we get it since we're on this movie now? Can we get into okay? You guys know like the backstory of this movie, right? Because it's wild. No, I, I, uh, it's, no. I don't think I could know less about a movie than I do about GI Joe retaliation. I did not know this movie existed until yes. you sent it to me. Well, yeah. So this is like an ultimate great, like a movie that just does not exist with this incredible cast and this huge <laughs> budget. If you ask a hundred people, does this movie exist? They'd be like, no, it's not a real movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, More people would believe that. Uh, was it uh, Sinbad that was supposed to be in a genie movie? Yes, exactly. Did it really <laughs> exist? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely thought it did. So I yeah. did not know this existed and i did think that movie that isn't real was real but this is just such like a great example of weird studio thinking um because this is a sequel obviously to another movie that a lot of people don't know exists well i was gonna say you say obviously but i was like i was unsure until i looked it up if this was the first or second or third or fourth movie in this chain what what happened was okay so gi joe came out a few years before this and gi joe is directed by Steven Summers of, like, The Mummy uh, and Van Helsing fame. And he did a real The Mummy, Van Helsing, G.I. Joe-ass G.I. Joe movie. <laughs> uh, it had <laughs> Shannon Tatum and Damon Wayans in robotic mech suits uh, percoring through San Francisco. What? While Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's was the only person who realized he was in a dumb cartoon movie <laughs> and gives one of the... Even by Joseph Gordon-Levitt's standards, gives one of the campiest, craziest performances I've ever seen. It's a pretty fun performance in a really mediocre movie, right? And it's, so this movie came out, 
And it it kind of is the weird point in Hollywood, and it did well enough that it like could it earned a sequel, but was critically revived, like revered enough that they didn't want to make one. Right. <laughs> uh, so what they decided to do was do a sequel slash reboot that starts as a sequel. And then it kills off the lead of the first movie. Yeah. And becomes a reboot. About half. So it's like 20 minutes of a sequel. Like The Rock is, <laughs> shows up in this movie and is like Channing Tatum's best friend. Wait, The Rock is not in the first movie? No. He is not. None of the cast besides Channing Tatum. <laughs> so here's what happens what? in the first movie. Okay. Here's what happens in the first movie. Yes, uh, please. The bad guy from The Mummy who changes faces uh, becomes Jonathan Price and takes over the presidency. Yeah, okay, so the, uh, yeah, the president is replaced by a president clone, and he yeah, is locked Joseph in the Gordon, basement of a shed out back of the White House. Yes, Joseph Gordon Levitt's, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, normal. Hey, well, they show him, hey, goes, man. They show him going hey. to the shed, and then it was like an hour later that I was watching, I was like, wait, he's out, they, like, they, when they assault, the assault team shows up, it's at the White House, so this is just the White House shed? There's just yeah, a tool you know shed? Is this just Michelle's gardening equipment is still back there in a shed? Yeah, you know Why what, Why is this happening? You're right. You're right. This is the weirdest thing. I'm sure this is weirder <laughs> than what's the, actually what, happening at the White House Everything right else now. is Am bad, I Anthony. Right? It's just the first thing we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I was no, I was making a joke that, like, that's... Talk about, you know, uh, predicting the future. <laughs> a traitor president. Well, what I was... See what I did there? I see, I Something see. Something topical. It, this this is movie a, is, like, holding is a, up a mirror. A I mean, thing about the time. world, about the movies, though, for me, that's, like... Okay, the the president is kidnapped and replaced by an identical kidnap by an, like a face transforming president clone. I'm on board, but he's in a shed. Like that's where I get that bothers me. Like I'm willing to go so far if you just don't do obviously dumb things. I don't know. Anyway, that's a weird place to get off board. I like the idea of the president being replaced, and then they can tell because instead of saying soda, he says pop now, which <laughs> is yeah. like solid logic. They do a bunch yeah. of other things where he like folds his thumbs on the other side, and she's like, "No one will ever do, never switch on that." And I don't believe that. But I, there is no person who casually changes their mind from soda to pop and is just fine with it. Mid presidency, that that has not happened. So that's a, that is an indication the president is a clone for sure. Yeah, checks out. I, I mean, believe I, that. Anyway, I, that's again, just some backstory. You guys need to know about the fake president, Anthony. Continue your summary of GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra, the movie we did not watch. Yes. So that's how that one ends. But and like I said, no one liked it. So they decided <laughs> to do a sequel and a reboot uh-huh. at the same time. And people like that uh, less, if not maybe the same. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so then they just stopped the franchise. Like, this also did just as well as the first one. I kind of wish they had tried a third sequel reboot. I love they, it, like, yeah. Killed The Rock and Bruce Willis in the first ten minutes and went with a wildly <laughs> different tone for the next half hour, hour two hours. <laughs> Okay, so um, I don't know anything about G.I. Joe lore. I know that it is a toy. I thought it was a toy that was like a World War II soldier. Um, but it turns well, out it's also a world that has aliens and ninjas. Am I right? Yes. You're very well, right. Okay. It was like a early, at, well, not even early, but a, a sort of abstract recruitment tool yes. from... 
for our generation, where if we were adults watching this now, we'd be like, what the fuck is happening? Why is the army brainwashing my child into thinking that it, my kid can kill ninjas with a zip line? Yeah. Uh, and you can't. Um, but yes, G.I. Joe Real American Hero was essentially a stand-in where you were supposed to feel like a very possibly real hero, uh, but your enemies had to be sort of nebulous and fake because we couldn't scare children. So there the was an original. We wanted to send them to when they became soldiers. So there was a GI Joe that was like General Infantry Joe, Soldier Joe, and then yes. in the and then there's a reboot of him called Real American Heroes where they fight space ninjas. Yeah, that's when Hasbro really got into it. So okay, th- this is all part of like like GI Joe is part of like when like they they changed the laws allowing like what you can and can't advertise the kids in television shows. Oh. and Hasbro took that by like and really ran with it and created <laughs> cartoons like you know like literally like created cartoons like GI Joe, Real American Hero, Transformers, which okay. are like loosely plot related shows, but really what it's for is every episode basically. Well, every season introduces a bunch of new characters, which are new toys you have to buy. And then oh. you just, like, it, like the shows are, like, with Transform, with the G.I. Joes, it works as, like, a part, <coughs> excuse me, a propaganda recruitment tool. And then also, like, it's a great format because we can introduce four new ninjas and six new right. soldiers and kill off a bunch of people. So, like... G.I. Joe's has, like, an incredibly deep lore and hundreds of characters. It is Because they're all individual toys. I felt like the way, like, if I, like, dropped into the middle of an anime series I'd never heard of. Like, I get so little of what is happening here. I, or why I don't yeah. understand the what universe this is in it because there's like slightly grounded things and then such bonkers things. But the main thing is just American special forces slash ninjas in co- like why does the American special forces have a member who is a ninja in a motorcycle helmet and they just let him keep his helmet on all day? Why does why does he never take his helmet off? And then and then there's a there's a white motorcycle jacket guy and a black motorcycle jacket guy, um, and they might switch places or one of them's good or bad. I mean, like it is a weird feeling as an adult to be this mystified ninety minutes into the film and still be like, I have no idea what's going on. It's weird. And you're not supposed to. Honestly, that's how I feel watching every Marvel movie. And for anybody who explains comic book movies to me, just understand that you're talking about G.I. Joe. Like, there's nothing more. <laughs> there's a, like, the the reason we're talking about Marvel and not G.I. Joe is a fucking coin flip. That's it. <laughs> like, there's no. Is Marvel there is involved another in this universe in wherein no. comic book movies are like, yeah, why didn't yeah. they try another X-Men? Like, that's our podcast. And everyone knows, like, G.I. Joe Endgame is, like, the biggest movie in the last million years or whatever. Like, I promise it is exactly the same. Uh, I mean, I do think that there's a little bit more care to it. This is also, like, I'm so, this time in Hollywood is so fascinating to me. Because this is, like, you look at the context, like, like, this is Parabell Studios at the height of, like, the Transformers movies, when those movies still made money. And they made money with, like, this incredible, overwhelming disdain for their audience. <laughs> like, you know, like, like Michael Bay's Transformer movies are literally like, the most Ugh. spiteful, yeah, like, hateful. hateful they they yeah. actively hate their audience. And they, they think you're an idiot and they want you to know that. And this movie feels very much like, 
Are you kidding? Are you seeing what these these fucking animals are eating up with Transformers? <laughs> it's G.I. Joe. You think I give it? Get the fuck out of my office. Give me like, a that's gun. A lot of, give me a boat chase. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's a lot of like what the development of this movie I, feels like. Just like, dude, I don't fucking know. Put zip lines in there. That's cool. Kids, <laughs> they don't care. Okay, let me throw a quick um actually at you. Um, but just yeah, okay, before no. you, before you say that, Kaylin, just a quick um actually, which is that um, the animated series of GI Joe: Real American Hero is a Marvel series that this film does draw from, but Marvel does not seem to be involved in this film. So there's a Marvel Comics aspect to this, but I don't know what I, exactly this is. I think anyway, that sorry. only strengthens my argument. You no, know, exactly. It's very much to what you were, <laughs> say, what you were saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then what were you going to say now? This, oh, I mean, I loved Skyscraper, which is, one of, in my opinion, one of the better reach-outs for an international market, yeah. that if you're going for movies at this scale, we need to acknowledge that it's not just Americans watching them. There are lots of stars and styles right. and people all over the world that are going to take in these movies. And I'm talking about China. Specifically, I am talking about China. And yes. there's this attempt and outreach to like make this mark. It's one of those weird reflections of capitalism that I actually find kind of charming. Um, and I'm not mad at it at all. Skyscraper, like The Meg, very bad example of how to try to do that. In my opinion, Skyscraper was a great example of how to do that. And G.I. Joe Retaliation feels to fall in this like early like reach out to have big international numbers um, in that it is uh, so loud and not uh, dialogue dependent that you can sort of just plug <laughs> yeah. in whatever words you want. And, you know, they throw in actors and action that's like, there you go, Asia, but sort of forgot that this is like an American military recruitment tool. Yeah. So it's a really interesting <laughs> vehicle to try to use to extend the market beyond yeah. the states. It's just a weird, like, I'm not surprised this experiment, like, turned out a little sour. Like, but, it doesn't. But it's sour in the way that's like, that this, having that other market can be where it can be terrible and no one likes it and it makes $500 million and you get to do another one. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, so many so, of these so movies weird. are the ones that's like, yes, the one, the movies you never saw and thought were gone in a blink. And then you look at their earnings and you're like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, there's a whole world full of people interested in watching Nick Cage fight a witch. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, OK, I'm in but, that world, too. But um, yeah. Oh, I mean, I was the one who saw it in the week it was in the theater. But I, I know that its money did not come from <laughs> did me. Did you going know Nicolas Cage is in Portland right now and he's filming a movie with his pig? I am driving to Portland right now. I've been reading everything about that fucking yes, Nick Cage okay. pick movie, and I cannot wait. Uh oh, so excited. look out! He's in. Clear Portland my schedule. Fi filming in backyards, a movie about a guy who loves a pig that hunts truffles, and then the pig goes missing. Gets and stolen, and he goes on the hunt for the pig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's Nick Cage gets pig. Nick Cage loses pig. Nick Cage gets pig back, and I'm so excited for that. And it's in my town. I anyway. honestly ah. cannot wait. Um, so let me do it just for those of you who did not see G.I. Joe Retaliation, which statistically is all of you. Um, so I think for we covered, your benefit, I hope that it is all of you. Covered the back, uh, I guess, a little bit. So uh, G.I. Joes are this elite team of uh, American soldiers slash uh, uh, motorcycle ninjas who um, are well known to the public. It's not a secret organization. The president gets switched out with a bad president and he is in a, in a shed. He order bad president orders all of the Joes to be killed by American soldiers and then talks about it on television and the world is like that makes sense and then um, he pulls a classic order sixty six yeah it's <laughs> it's, the, it's in the it's in the first hundred orders is everybody yeah. kill a unit of American soldiers yeah um, 
What? Uh, I also, uh, then we have Cobra Commander being held in what, but okay, so first off, I just want to say before we go any further, I've talked a few, a lot about this cast already, Yes, but Walter Goggins is good at anything. I'm so excited, I forgot he was in this. Gaga for Goggins all the time. I love he, I love Walter Goggins in this movie. I think he's actually he's pretty fun. He's so great um, in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. But I love I just want to talk about this whole sequence, which is Walter Goggins is uh the warden of like an advanced super prison for supervillains. I guess I I think that, one of the only things I like about this movie is advanced super prison. I like yes, Goggins. I like the layout of this crazy balls prison. <laughs> I like their theory, uh, yeah. it, which I'm sure is not okay or constitutional, but for a dumb card comic book movie, I'm okay with it. Well, here's my oh, problem with this: the super prison. Yeah, is that it's it's implied to be this like giant underground compound, and it's supposed to be huge, but it's clearly an elevator box that they built. Mm-hmm. They imply they go went underground, and then it's. Two giant parking garage rooms, essentially. <laughs> and it's sure. just the cheapest looking set. They're just like okay, okay, just, okay. But, but, but like, you're being distracted. The point of the super prison is that the way they keep you from ever escaping—it's so escape-proof—is that they put you in a goo jar and they make you full of sleep chemicals so that your body is not your your brain does not control your body and you just float in goo and stare at Walter Goggins who despite spending his full-time job interacting with just well-armed guards and crazy mad scientists in a basement in a very deep in the earth, is in a chipper mood every day at work. I would honestly hey. pay for that. It's I would so pay. fun, I would, yeah. I would, it's I, a I would pay tank. a monthly membership to join the gym where I could be suspended and go and just look at Walton Goggins it's until the so end of it. Good. That's fine by me. It's I would go to that gym. <laughs> I mean, right now, like people are paying for float tanks in Portland that are like eighty percent of this with no Goggins, and they're paying for it. It's and they a, don't get Walton. I'm it's saying, such a good, yeah, it's now. such a good idea. What this do I have to prison. do to get arrested in this town? <laughs> it's I mean, so have interesting. Being, have you tried being a ninja or overthrowing the president? Because that seems to be Those the, are the main top thing two. That gets you, yeah. Well, I guess price. I should have actually like it, it's not. They're trying to arrest Snake Eyes, right? But this is when we figure out they didn't. They I, had the wrong person. No, this I don't know. Goo, I don't because right? I don't. That's know. how it would happen to me. I'd be mistaken for some other really tall, gangly brunette serial killer, <laughs> and I'd be in the goo, and I'd be like, "It's not me," and they'd be like, "Yeah, right," and I'd be like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> and then I just stay. And you just stay, and you'd float, and you'd goggins, and it'd be great. It's I okay. This is like, but so this is like the the the, the most of the G.I. Joe retaliation feel condensed was the scene where I was like, this is an, like, this is not what I expected in this universe. I have no idea who any of these people are or why this is happening. But like, I guess this is a cool goo tank. Like, that's my feeling is like, I guess this is cool. Uh, but who are these people and why? That's my, that's my summary of G.I. Joe retaliation. Um, because the, the goo tank was kind of fun. So, okay. So there's the goo tank. There's some bad guy, Cobra commander. Don't know anything about him. There's one of the nin- ninjas seems to be the other ninja. Oh, there's also a motorcycle grenade warrior who has um he has fireflies that explode. I don't yeah, know who, why is he there. Suit. Wait. They wait, wrote Alex. 100 words on a on a whiteboard and then they threw like <laughs> cooked spaghetti at him. And that's how they came up with that combo for that character. I have no, no Alex, idea what that to, is. You have to remember the guy's name was Firefly. 
Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, think about it. Yeah. Uh, it I makes, mean, whoa, you have a name out. like Firefly, you're going to design a fancy weapon. What are you going to create? Spiders? Yeah, it's Fuck like, you. It's Your a family Firefly. name. Stay but... on theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. He lights on fire and he can fly. Yeah. But he, no, instead it's a motorcycle with shiny bees. It's, I don't understand. It's so weird. And the bees, very large explosion. Anyway, there's some breakouts going on. There's some backstory about a ninja uh, killing another ninja, but then it's not the guy you think. And the sword breaks. And I don't... And I, then the Riza the is there for some reason, because <laughs> this is the time when he was in a lot of movies as well. What uh, is happening? And then there's a very interesting fight scene while rappelling. Um, yeah. They, the, which is the first rappelling sword fight I've ever mm. seen. So it's like, I guess this is cool, but who are these people well, and why is this happening? So it's a ninja grappling hook fight while they yes. have an unconscious man in like a body bag. Yeah. That they're slamming they around to carry the walls, around. Yeah. Which I just. I, it's he woke up with a idea. lot of bruises for no, sure. Exactly. I just imagine him waking up the next day and being like, what the fuck? Why am I all sore in weird places? <laughs> Was I like. If you really. If you don't want to rent the movie around? to get it. What you need to do now is watch on YouTube uh, the the desperate uh, day that that a woman had when being rescued by helicopter. She yeah. is, uh, if you if all you got to do is search for women woman spinning under helicopter. Oh no! They tried to airlift a little um, her little stretcher up, and it got a little twisty turny, and she winds oh, up spinning no. like a top for kind of a long, terrifyingly long time. Watch that, and then watch the rope climbing scene from Boy, Princess I'm Bride not on watching Rewind, this. and. You did better. You did better for yourself than this fight scene. <laughs> oh man, I'm definitely not watching that video. Um, the preview. No, it's terrible. It's great, but it's terrible. I yeah. think she's okay, but it's. I mean, as okay as you are after spinning under a helicopter for way too long. So, so bad president has killed all. Uh, tries to kill all the GI Joes, um, but he misses the Rock and GI Jane and somebody else, and they because they're in a well and. Uh, they hold their breath pretty good. Um, but then, so then they are like, we got to get this president. And they figure out, like, they're like, what's going on? Why did they try to murder us? I think the president's a clone. Like, real fast. They're very good. Um, so the only way they can fight back the president, they need um, an arsenal. And the only person they know who has an arsenal is G.I. Joe, played, played by Bruce Willis, who is just a guy named Joe who um, uses all of the storage in his house for guns. So they go to Bruce Willis's house. They get all of the guns he has. He has a tank in the garage. They drive all that, and then they uh, they rescue the good president and get rid of the bad president. Oh, and then there's Bruce a uh, yeah. Bruce Willis gave him a day and a half of shooting time for in one day. <laughs> Each line he has. I mean, I do think. I think maybe there's a thing where The Rock requires at least one other bald man in every movie he's in, just so that he doesn't seem too bald. That's my theory. Oh, I mean, The Rock's requirements. It's why Dave Bautista is nipping at his heels. Like, (laughs) Rock's image in in movies is pretty hilariously specific. Like, the thing oh, about him yeah. not losing a fight and the number of punches he can take, very real. Wait, that's an actual like stipulation in the contract? Shit. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's part of the reason Hobbs and Shaw is so absurd, is that both Jason Stratham and uh, Dwayne Johnson have some um, particular opinions about how often they should get hit, how hard, how it should affect them, and whether or not they ever lose a fight. I have the same so things in my two... real life, which are zero hits, yes. zero fights. Um <laughs> That's my maximum. I have a I have a top hits of zero. 
It's, uh, yes, that is, you're very close to Dwayne uh, and Jason. <laughs> I, if I, if uh, I was rich, I feel like, like I, this, this morning when I was, I got up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, I bumped into the wall. I like didn't quite make the door. Not hard. Just a little <laughs> bump. I want to get rid of that wall now. I, cause you're above my zero hits rule of wall, of anything. You can't, no one gets to hit me. <laughs> you just live in an open, yeah, like, I want an open, open floor pan and no, no furniture, no walls. Just a toilet in the middle of your home. Just anywhere I need uh-huh. it, yeah. Um, anywhere you need it. He, uh, so, and then, oh, and then there's also this other thing where the bad president um, uh, has made secret satellites that use non-warhead well, okay, weapons that's just projectiles the other from space. Thing, no, the other thing Yeah, the state's I, I establishing is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, uh, two good things about this movie. There are two things. Well, actually, I'm, I'm going to do a compliment, so up, I don't want you to give the good thing if you have. Well, one I, good this thing. is we were getting into it. Yeah. But I was just saying, there's two things that whenever they show up in movies, I love. One of them I get a lot recently, and that's Walter Goggins. Uh-huh. Really <laughs> like when he shows up. And the second thing we I'm just don't get say a lot. It's Walton. Yeah, I know sorry, it's sorry. It, Walter Walton. is so easy, but it is Walton. Walton yes. And in right. case he's a listener, I want him to know that he is loved. Yes, I'm so and sorry. We Walton. know that it's Walton, and yes. it, this it, we're not the first people who just say Walter. One is the name, yeah. and the other is a word. So switched- I'm sorry. <laughs> your name is a word. Yeah, and you know, Walton, I just running through the house with a pickle in my mouth. You would understand. Yeah. Um, so righteous gemstone reference. But anyway, I don't get that. The all, other but- thing I like uh, that you don't get a lot of is. I fucking love space kinetic energy <laughs> weapons. Oh my fucking god! We've been doing space this show for a long time. It's kin- never come up before. I'm so glad we finally I, got you one. I exactly, dude. Kinetic <laughs> space weapons are the fucking coolest. What theoretical sci-fi weapon? What? So it's this it's it's a based off an actual theoretical thing. Sure. This is something that will be made one day. I'm sure. positive. Or already exists. Uh, already exists. Who knows? Uh, but you don't see him a lot. I love the idea. Uh, if you don't know, so basically, uh, there's like a called like it's like the theoretical name is like Rods from the Gods. Rods like the from Gods. Like, Jesus Rod, Christ! It's, it's like the like what they call it in like military fiction or like sci- it's a, But the idea is a kinetic energy weapon. It's a nuclear bomb with none of the bad fallout of radiation you get. It's a nuclear bomb that it's family anyone could use. You know. Uh, <laughs> It's but essentially the idea is it's so simple it's brilliant. Uh, you take like a telephone pole made of pure metal, you put it in space, and then you just drop it yeah. on whatever you want to destroy, and it builds up so much kinetic energy that by the time it hits the ground, it's like a giant nuclear weapon without another fallout. Um, I I don't know why I find that idea so cool. But I don't I read, either. I, re- I remember reading about <laughs> kinetic energy weapons like. 10, 15 years ago with something just going down like a deep rabbit hole and I've just like been obsessed ever since then and not obsessed like it's not like I think about this every day I think yeah you've about never it mentioned like, it around me so I don't yeah. believe no I think about it like once every six months let's okay. say I'll just like check in on kinetic energy weapons like what's going on with those like, uh, like there are but, things that you're obsessed with like the idea that Stephen Hawking's died in the 80s and was replaced with a robot you've mentioned that more than <laughs> you've mentioned yeah. the idea of rods from God weapons no, it wasn't it wasn't that he was replaced by a robot it's that the chair took over okay he, sorry yeah yeah sorry him That's and the a- chair <laughs> him and the chair melded into one you're right right uh, this is what I'm saying I've heard that theory yeah. more than I've heard the theory that you want to shoot a metal telephone pole yeah, from look, space Look, all I'm saying is Stephen didn't go to Epstein's Island. It was the chair who went to Epstein's <laughs> Island. You know what I mean? The chair's got some sick fucking needs. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I hate that. Um, 
Oh, that's okay. Stephen Hawking. That was a man. Yeah. He was a dirty bird. Yeah, St- Stephen Hawking's and his chair spend a lot of time on Jeffrey Epstein's island. You don't okay, like doing listen, that? Okay, listen, listen. Oh, um, I think he had a single button code for, oh, yes, do it to me like that around the butthole more. I'm sure he had. You had to have. Those were one button commands. Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. why would you want a bunch of hot? You got a hotkey for that. Um, yes. Okay, so so there's the space weapon. And here's a fun thing about G.I. Joe retaliation is that um, evil fake president has these. And he uses one and destroys London. And then we never talk about that again. Yes. So well, just per- part of the universe that, he... established thing is that London is gone and yes. everyone there died. Which is a shame that they never made sequels, because I would have loved to see, like, four movies down the road eventually deal with that. Like, like oh. oh, wait, London's gone in this universe. Shit, I forgot about that. Uh, uh, yeah, but that yeah. is it's but, a weird thing. Okay. But anyway, I really develops- admire your optimism in this series, and that y- y- you honestly feel like it would go back and address the London situation. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, at some point he'd be like, we should fly to London. Like, oh, no, never mind. I forgot. Let's go to Leeds, the new biggest city in Europe. (laughs) Well, I just like, you know, people speaking back to the Fast and the Furious, how people are constantly, every time a new movie comes out, they're like, Justice for Han. This has to be the one when they finally address that. Yeah, like four movies into G.A. Joe, people would be like, Justice for London. We got to have a movie when London gets its it's uh vengeance okay so um we have to do uh that's the that's the summary we have uh three little segments we want to do before we go um the or i guess just just two more segments actually two more segments um the first one else happened they 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 realize they they win right yeah they just won Right. The president escapes, right? They get the good president back, and he is like, hey, good news, the G.I. Joes are okay. Um, we, They're our team again, and the Cobras are bad, or whatever. And that is a very strange... Like, the, I'm, I, the news cycle in this Earth... Like, just <laughs> uh, imagine picking up a New York Times in the G.I. Joe world, where it's like... Two days ago, London was destroyed in its entirely entirety. The day before that, G.I. Joes are evil, so we murdered them. And then, like, three days later, it's like, President gives speech in lawn. Uh, G.I. Joe's good again. Sorry, oopsies about London. Like, this, just, you think today's news Honestly, cycle is fast? Honestly, this week, that feels calm. I know. That, uh, this week, that feels very relaxing. I, yeah, you, you, would no get fewer, London, but... you get fewer phone notifications about news than you do in this world, but a couple of them would be higher stakes. The, the yes, president yes, convenes yes. all all world leaders at the same time and tells them all that he has launched and, 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 and launches nuclear weapons detectably. And then they all launch nuclear weapons, casually agreeing in the summit to kill the whole earth and then stop it reluctantly moments later. Like that news story. That is a big dick America scene. <laughs> the president just explaining to the rest of the world. Like the stake setting scene is hilarious. With the, it's with, so uh, crazy. World leaders sitting patiently as an American president explains exactly how he could destroy their whole cities. And North Korea twice uh, is is emphasized, just in case you weren't shitting red, white, and blue in your movie seat yet. And fortunately, everyone who runs every country in the world speaks perfect English, and they totally, including North Korea, is like, oh, I you see what you're saying. You see why this is such an odd vehicle for international yes. distribution, yes. right? Like, it's a film company trying to do two very different things at once, like... <laughs> World War II style, you know, using Hollywood to recruit Americans to fight 
Yeah. It, it runs into like 50 years later, capitalist America desperate to drain every dollar with a movie like a sponge from every nation it can. <laughs> you can't put those two worlds together. You've got to choose. Yeah, You've got to choose. So weird. Okay. So we have to do, um, we're bringing back uh, our compliment sandwich today uh, in the form. But here's what, here's what I, I was thinking. So our listener, Jay, suggested that our, instead of, since we're doing only one, it's not a sandwich and we should make it seasonal. And so for the Rocktober, we should do a, um, we should do a compliment spice lot. Latte. And um, here's the thing I think about the pumpkin spice latte in general, which is that it is kind of delicious and also a little bit bad. And so what I want to do for this segment is I want, and you can agree or disagree, um, but I, I in, well, in fact, hot take, I think pumpkin is still playing a little bit above its level and is going to come crashing back to earth in two years. Anyway, but um, the more important thing about this segment, so we're going to do a compliment, but with a bitter chaser. So I want one compliment, you have to say one nice thing, and then one bad thing about the movie. So your 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 top and bottom of the movie that you haven't said yet. So one compliment latte with a bitter chaser. Anthony, what's one thing you really liked about G.I. Joe? What's your one? I think you mentioned there's um, two things. What's the other one besides kinetic weapons? Well, no. Walton, Walton Goggin. Oh, and, 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 and space weapons? Uh, kinetic weapons. The other thing, okay, so here's my bitter chaser uh, nice thing. This movie, like I said, I like the cast a lot, and there's a lot of people in this movie that are like, Oh, like, I like seeing them and stuff, but I don't worry about them, right? Like, The Rock, <laughs> Bruce Willis, uh, uh, Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price is fucking fine. Yeah, okay? he's doing all right. He's, he's, he's got some, he's got, he's okay. Jonathan Price, I don't need to worry about, right? He's still getting, he still looks Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross residuals, yeah. you know? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's okay. Those, that Brazil money is still coming in strong, yeah. you know? Uh, but this movie also has a lot of people that I do really like and kind of worry about. Like, uh, <laughs> Ray Parks as, as Snake Eyes. Now, Ray Parks is a martial artist and stuntman. Uh, he both famously played the body of Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. He was, uh, oh, yeah. uh, in the first X-Men movie as Toad. He's one of those guys shows up not in a lot of stuff, but when he does, I'm always like, oh, hey, that's Ray Parks. It's yeah. cool to, that he's in this. Uh, and he plays the masked ninja in this. Mm. Um, the the female soldier, the G.I. Jane, uh, was in, like, uh, Friday Night Lights, and she's phenomenal in that. But she doesn't do a lot of other stuff, so I worry about her. So I'm glad she got a paycheck. But Ray Stevens is a good actor who's not in a lot of stuff. I worry about him. I'm glad he got a paycheck, you know? So I'm just saying, this movie has a lot of people that slept better for a little bit because they were in this bad movie. And I'm and sorry I, that it turned out to be bad and they didn't get all the sequels that they wanted yeah. to. But, you know, I don't know what Ray Park's doing. I haven't, I haven't seen him in anything between this and his small cameo in Solo. <laughs> so I hope he was doing okay, you know? That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, also, James Carvel's probably doing okay. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, James, yeah. No, James Carvel, who played himself yeah, yeah, very briefly when he did a political analysis, the, the um, yes. political commentator who talked to, anyway, yeah. Um, uh, okay, so my, I'll go next. Ka- Caitlin, uh, you can close this up. So my my no compliment and bitter chaser. So the, uh, um, let's see. I ha- oh, I had it. I just lost it. Where did it go? Oh, okay. I get, this is a very small compliment, but I, I can't find my other one. So, um, there's so the scene is all the world leaders get together and have a meeting about nuclear disarmament, and then the president is like, "Hey, surprise! I'm going to launch our nuclear weapons at all of you right now. Go!" And then there's a live feed of the mil- missiles falling, 
And then they're like, oh shit. And then they launch their missiles. So what happens is the president takes out his nuclear football, his like briefcase that has the big button in it. And then all the other nations take out their nuclear footballs and open their briefcases and press launch. And all the briefcases are the same briefcase style with just a small flag sticker for the country they belong to. Which is the the cheapest set thing, and also like I like I just love the prop person who is like, oh man, I got to make fifteen nuclear briefcases by this afternoon. How do I differentiate between North Korea's and Pakistan's? I know I'll put a sticker on it. Uh, That's one. It also implies like true capitalism in that that there's one company that makes exactly. your control oh, board yeah. for, your say, launch Alex, kids, for your launcher that and that there's some <laughs> slick ass sales rep who goes all around the world and who's like let me explain the benefits of your t9 forward launcher briefcase is, mechanism yeah now, this yeah, is yeah, the I, boeing you briefcase you have to buy yeah, it. alex i really th- i was like how are you not seeing that it's clearly the most powerful piece of satirical commentary in this entire movie is that man it's all a fucking game it doesn't matter you've seen the last jedi they're selling weapons to both sides it's all it's all capitalism that is a very good point you're right that's a better point either way okay in in which case double compliment i really like it now um i i guess and then my i guess my bitter chaser for it is uh okay the um the evil plan, the Cobra Commander, uh, I think it's the president asks him, what is it you want? And his answer is, I want it all. And then they never talk about the plan again. Like, they don't even they don't even waste our time with 30 seconds of why this is all happening or what his goal is. It's just like, you know, blow up a bunch of the big cities, step three, profit. Like... Well, he, to he, be fair, he, you also did not see Joseph Gordon-Levitt's fall from grace in the first <laughs> film. <laughs> if you, again, if you if you had you know seen the rich, nuanced backstory and performance that JGL brought to it, okay, you know, you know what? Good. Okay, so I, now I feel like you've undermined my bitter chaser. So one more bonus bitter chaser, which is when they go to Bruce Willis's house and they get the guns out. The first thing they do, they go in the kitchen, and he's like, let me get you some guns. And he opens the stove top, so that instead of the top of the stove, it's a fake stove, and it's full of guns. And then he goes to the cupboards, and it's like, fake spice rack, open that, guns. And then the closet, no coats, all guns. And it just, as a person who lives in like a 400-square-foot apartment, just the amount of storage space that Bruce Willis is wasting is very upsetting. We just cleaned out our one hall closet. We spent a whole day cleaning it out, and then we were having to agonize, like, do we want to have two guest pillows, or can we throw away one of the guest pillows and have more space so we can keep an extra bike helmet? Like, we had to make that decision. And Bruce Willis has never cooked. His kitchen is entirely false so that he can have more gun storage. And it really irritated me. Yeah, well, he's, I again, not to try to make all, uh, make all your points even better, but... <laughs> Imagine yeah, like, what you. that implies. Imagine what that the fucking psychotic, sad life 
Joe lives. Like he's That's a eating good point, yeah. expired, like am, like filled rations it's the most in his basement. Scene in the movie. <laughs> it looks he's, like I, it honestly looks like a news report touring yeah. an American home. Like oh, it's yeah. uh, it's it's and, not. It is deeply like, unsettling to suggest that the later life of an active soldier should be like <laughs> turning his home into a facade for his arsenal. Oh like, yeah. It's like, just, the he's future still, that people should be looking forward to after service. This is, like, yeah, this is a serious thing about the health of our returning soldiers. He's still eating rations, like I said, yeah, every yeah. night. Yeah. It's just like... Oh, it's the trauma sad. implied. Yeah. It's not healthy. It's not a good... I mean... Not a good look. Even though the movie's about, the one t- about how that was actually a really smart plan... Uh, of course, he's of a, course, that's yeah. what the movie's about. This Bas- movie is specifically for it is yeah. only shown on projectors and militia camps. Yeah. That is the entire audience. Yeah, this for is this a pro prepper propaganda where it's like, look, this guy spent his whole life preparing for one thing: the president to be kidnapped and replaced by an identical clone, and then using that power as a clone president to destroy the whole world and kill the GI Joes. And you know what? He was right, and he was glad he was ready for that. You know. <laughs> I- Get out there and get some canned food, you guys. Look, look. all I'm saying, you guys, is that clone president, President Pelosi, has a similar ring to it, doesn't it? Let's take a look around. This movie's a documentary, motherfuckers. All right, uh, Caitlin, what is your compliment uh, spice latte with a bitter chaser? I'm going to say the after party for this movie was probably very fun. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> They, I, I would notice that the movie is very difficult to talk about head on because it is barely a movie yeah. and more just like flashing images yeah. that happen and it's kind of a sequence. Uh, it's like looking at Pennywise's deadlights. You don't want to look at it directly. You got to look <laughs> yes. at it to see it out of the corner of your eyes, you know? Sort yeah. of the only way to understand this film is to examine it in the broader contra- context of the industry. And it does feel like... Uh, you know, old days and like bringing contract players together, not really caring what the product is and just kind of shoving it out. And yeah. you have people that are incredible working at varying degrees of their power. Yeah. Uh, but there is no, no matter what performance you gave it, it's still going to be this movie. Um, I yeah. mean, these are all really talented people. If you took it, it is like shooting the moon to take this cast and make a bad movie. Like, it's art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was more work to make this bad than to actually let... Just let these guys make this fun. It's, like, a weirdly a military recruitment video that misses its mark. Uh, It is also a action movie that only look... It's... it's so fake that none of the action is compelling. Yeah. You know, the stakes are so silly. But just imagine uh, you're at the, the after all party. All you have is a good cast. That's it. And I, I, you have to know how relaxed the tension was on that set as soon as they, just, you know, everybody got to be done making this garbage. Yeah, just and a- they just were on set or like we're at the party truly getting to hang out. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that imagine that fun. you're like, I don't know, Walton Goggins' daughter's friend or something, and you get invited exactly, to this after party, yes. and you see the spread that because The Rock is in the movie is exclusively yep. salmon fillets, and yeah. you <laughs> yes. just party and eat salmon with The Rock and Goggins. And, and Jonathan Price yeah. is like doing Shakespeare monologues <laughs> on a table. <laughs> And like Walton Goggins is showing people gunplay, but it's like really safe. Like that's all the stuff that uh, I, like what I picture happening on set for this movie was like a bunch of professionals. I don't hear a lot of complaints about the rock is such an enigma in that his writer is So like, I don't know if writer's is the right word, but contractually he's such a difficult star, 
but all the reports I hear of him on set are, is that he's a darling. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure like his reps are very difficult yeah, his lawyers to work with suck. on purpose. Yeah. Uh, but he himself on set is pretty fun. Him and his lawyers I just mean, play a little a good rock, Walton bad Goggins rock. Is still working. He's probably very fun on set. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, you have to call him Mr. Price, and I'm sure he doesn't even insist. It's just the only way you can address <laughs> Jonathan Price. Like, I love. Uh, does do he want to be called Sir? Movie, I hope. Um, I hope that everybody had fun making this bad movie, and I hope it was fun to party about when it was done. Also, at the and party, I, I imagine Ryan Henson walked in, grabbed a soda, and then left. I love it. <laughs> um, so, okay, what's your bitter chaser then for that? Or did you include those both in the same one? Because you definitely didn't sound like you liked the movie in that compliment. No, I don't. I mean, I love bad movies and I can't like this movie. Yeah. It is bad in all of the wrong ways. Yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, it's missing its mark in in every respect. And again, the fact that you made a bad movie with this, ca- a movie even so I upsetting. can't watch with yeah. this cast, yeah. very difficult to accomplish. But you done did it. Okay. Um, if you like G.I. Joe Retaliation, what was that horrible book? <laughs> Long-time listeners Plus, are going to remember. Do you remember that? Was it called like the Ghost series oh, yeah, Ghost. or something? Yeah, yeah, when the, I had to the... listen to a 12-hour audiobook oh about so a sorry, guy Caitlin. who Why just are you essentially like, who he's some military nut, yeah, yeah, ex-military yeah. guy who just like rescues ladies he's and a, grabs their boobs all he, the time. He is, he's a self-professed rapist. Uh, right, who yes. Yeah, there's also, a lot of just... Yeah explicit rape in that oh, yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Less than G.I. Joe, which I am thankful for, but it for is, sure. uh, if you love G.I. Joe Retaliation, then you like the ghost books. There's yeah. a whole market for people who are like, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah! And I, like, those are words I've never said sincerely, so I don't, I can't connect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, so last... my, that's my bitter chaser. Yeah. I love bad, and I can't even like this. Okay, so here's yeah, our, I... our closing segment, though, um, Anthony. We're gonna have to wrap on this, which is um, a brief analysis of The Rock's The Rockness in this movie. So, um, since it's the Rocktober, we want to. I want to talk about just how how much the Rock was the Rock in here. How was he at full? You know, like I guess how far along the rocky road is this? I don't. Know, I haven't figured out a name <laughs> for it yet. Um, but like, was there a moment that was pure the Rock? Did it feel like he was not rocking hard enough? Well, was he rock steady? I, I I I think the the scale. If I can. Just spitballing here yeah. suggest a scale yes, for uh, rockiness. My dog is very worried. Um, <laughs> I, I think oh, we whoosh. should we should uh, scale him on sort of like the qu- quality of rock. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, is this a granite p- top performance? Oh, is this okay. a diamond yeah. performance? Yeah. Is this a gravel performance? Just a bunch of chips, small. Yeah, rock. yeah, yeah. But not. Um, but if it's if it's super fine, it becomes beach sand, which is very expensive. So we go all the way back yes. around. Yeah, so I think that this is a uh, a solid quartz rock performance. Oh, okay. I think that, but also at the same time, like, The Rock is definitely, a, 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 this is a great example of, like, The Rock is the type of actor that I think um, works really well with a good scene partner. And mm. I think, like, his scenes with, like, Channing Tatum early on, yes. they yeah. just have an energy to them that... He kind of gets a little eclipsed by like Channing Tatum's like uh, uh like charisma at a certain point, but like it, it brings them both up. But then you get like him and Bruce Willis, who's again sleepwalking through the role, yeah. barely there, yeah. and like The Rock is like trying to overcompensate. So he like he comes off like a shinier Rock in the Bruce Willis <laughs> because he has to. Yeah, but that's it's. I, so I think he he kind of oscillates a little bit between this movie, but. Can- yeah, I think he's he is nothing but rock in this movie. He's not trying for any other character. He's just doing his thing, and he's 
He's carrying most of this movie on his shoulders single-handedly a lot of the time. Yeah, for sure. On his uh, gigantic so, shoulders. Yeah, so he's okay. But yeah, it's... I, uh, I, I feel like um, Quartz might be slightly overselling it in terms of rocks because Quartz veins usually are indicators of gold deposits nearby, and I don't think that's true here. Huh. But, um, Caitlin, how do you feel about the rock's uh, uh, journey down the rocky road here? How how the rocky was he... What was he beginning and what was he, was he, what did he have? What did he lack as a rock? As a rock? I mean, it's got all, it, it ticks all the boxes, but that's not what makes the rock special. I do think it doesn't carry his charm. Like, the rock is charming. Yeah. And this is not a movie I would describe as charming. No, charming. Uh, it's the same might. thing with Channing Tatum, who I like deeply love. Uh, I can't, I just have no. I, I just think he's a good star. Yeah. Uh, I think he's very good. Yeah. I also like um, seeing what uh, successful non-legacies do. Channing Tatum is not a guy who came from Hollywood. He's a roofer and a stripper that is really, really good at what he does and has stepped into the light in this way that's very impressive. And The Rock has a interestingly parallel path of like, you know, it wasn't expected of him to be this terrifically famous. So like... What are they doing with it? How are they dealing with it? Uh, and I, I don't, I, I mean, The Rock could have done more, but not in this movie. It, everybody was penned in by what they had. Uh, <laughs> so I, I will say that The Rock was in this movie. Yeah. Okay. He, he was he was in it. He yeah. was in scenes in this movie. This feels like common ground. This is one of those movies whenever I see the back of an actor's head, I know for certain they weren't on set. <laughs> so oh, man, like he point. did what he could with what he had yeah um i uh well okay so i feel like I, yeah mostly charmless there's there were two moments where i felt like he was the rock i felt like he was he was full rock and the rest of it i felt like this was like just phoned in um and the two moments were uh when they hide in the brackish water in the well in the middle of the desert and they hold their breath for a long time, and then the threat is gone, and you see him at water level slowly raise his shiny, wet head out of the water, and he's staring into the camera, like, eyes open in the brackish water, just slowly comes out of the water. It's a good The Rock moment. And also, when he comes home to his kids at the end, um, although we never see the kids having a another parent, and so it seems like he may have just, like, his kids have just been home fending for themselves for three weeks but um anyway when he comes home and his daughters jump on his shoulders he's like a perfect he's so big that he can lift two daughters at the same time very easily and so that that was a a, a tiny moment of the rock so i felt like this was like two rocks through but you're like looking at the rock through blinds where it's like i see you for a second and then you're gone and i can't see anything except this gray blah bullshit so like little moments of rock power, but largely I felt like it was lacking. Oh, I also liked his name. Was we didn't mention that his name was Roadblock, and that's a great name because like Rocky Road and Rock Block, like his name works like a crossword puzzle clue with both halves of his name <laughs> in this movie, which I like. Anyway, uh, that's stupid. But uh, so yeah, really, really large uh, portions of this I felt like even when he was on screen, the rock was absent, and that's it's disappointing. Um, yeah, nobody was there when they made this movie. I don't. It's not a movie anybody. They, yeah, it's barely. Like, a, it's barely. This is like sick day. The movie, like ev- like <laughs> everyone called in at some point during the movie, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll just shoot around them. Who cares?" <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's somebody. Uh, I do. 
you know, the longer I, I do this work, the more I watch credits at the end of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the actors were happy, had work. All like, them, congratulations yeah. to every, you know, special effects editor. You did an incredible job. Yeah, finally Everybody who had to do all that fucking painting around the green paycheck. screens. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hats off to you. You certainly made a movie. This yeah, was all a... Those, uh, all those Cal Arts people who just got their first gig at Industrial Light and Magic after graduating from art school and they're painting backgrounds for G.I. Joe Retaliation. And, like, I, it sucks when you had to sit through it with your friends and they cringed at most of the movie, but... Great job with having the backgrounds be fully painted the whole time. Yeah, yeah uh, you really and did. Alex, I uh, I just want to say this movie. I don't think it's using ILM. It is. I think it's probably using. No, it is. It? it is actually. I only oh. mention. I don't usually know things, but I happen to have seen that on the. I let the credits roll because I was cooking and my hands were dirty, and so I didn't turn <laughs> them off right away. And I did see an ILM uh, logo. Well, I mean, they could have had some ILM on it, but this also seems like the type of movie that probably used a lot of photody vendors to paint them poorly. <laughs> sure, sure, you know, sure. Like, uh, this seemed like a lot. This There's one moment in this movie that I think really sums up the entire film. And that is, there's an action scene where Bruce Willis is in the back of a, a code because he didn't want to stand up that day. So they devised the whole action scene when he could just lay down and fire a machine gun. Uh, And after that, after that, uh, he looks at the lady driving the car and goes, hey, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm okay. And he goes, she goes, are you okay? And he looks at her and goes, well, my cholesterol's a little high. (laughs) And, but he says it just like that in the most like boring, monotone, way and it's not funny or interesting or good but it was like i i remember that scene because it's the closer on the trailer i saw this trailer a lot because i worked at a movie theater when this was coming out. oh no kidding <laughs> and it like that's like their big fucking joke that's the thing that like they ended the trailer on and you'd be like man that bruce willis with high cholesterol joke i gotta see that movie <laughs> and it's just like that's the best they have for it that's it <laughs> yeah the entire audience is for guys with guns under their stove yeah. that's like the target demo <laughs> and those guys terrible cholesterol yes <laughs> uh we're gonna leave it there thank you so much for joining us we will be back again next week uh with more the rocktober um, oh, a quick, uh, I'm, this is just coming in uh, via text, uh, not by text, I just saw it. But anyway, this is a quick, um, actually, so Digital Domain did most of the visual effects, Industrial Light and Magic just provided the software for virtual head replacement. Anyway, it doesn't, uh, so they did like one sequence, maybe. Um, you're, very good point, Anthony, good catch. Uh, anyway, uh, but that's it for, I'm done, fucking done with this movie. Uh, we're never talking about retaliation again. Um, but we will be back again next week uh, with more of The Rock. Next week, we're talking about Hobbs and Shaw, so we're going to find out how well that uh, that actually worked out. It looks like everyone agrees not the best in the series, but people definitely had more fun than they did watching this. So, Hey, we'll be- it's still family, but it's like cousins. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm fine with it, and I like, you know, just like with, just like with Bruce Willis, this is another two-bald uh, movie. Um, he, it's him and a, and a white-bald guy next door that doesn't look as good, so he has that to rely on um 
I'm looking forward to it. I I I had I missed it when it came out, and I was very excited to see it. And we have some very special guests to talk about that. So I think you're really going to like it, especially longtime listeners of the show. So join us for that next week. Thanks for being here, Anthony Lopez. Always fun to be here, buddy. And sorry for the constant coughing and sneezing. Yeah, I well, I did feel bad because right after I sent you this file, you got really sick, and I felt responsible. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a virus. I did. It's such a it's such a terrible movie. I'm so sorry. Um, and and at robot Caitlin or CaitlinGoComedy.com, and you can find her album Major uh, across all platforms and networks wherever you can listen to albums. Caitlin, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you. Man, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's not a pleasure to watch these movies sometimes, but it is a pleasure well, to talk to you. I'm glad you reminded us that you listened to all 12 hours of Ghost, and that. Um, only I, I feel like I'm in such huge debt to anybody who did a guest spot <laughs> on the early years. Because, um, uh, like, we, like, now... Yeah, the, books, the book years were intense. It's yeah. uh, very fun, but it was... Uh, and that now, was... I, I remember... I paid if you guests. Really, if you missed... If I didn't yell enough for you this episode, uh, go back and listen to me either this last Christmas or, you know, oh, search yeah. for ghosts. Oh, and you'll yeah. hear an awful lot. I pay people uh, to watch crappy, but, oh, but like real movies. And I used to not pay people to listen to 12 hours of military rape fantasy uh, audiobooks. <laughs> and that's weird. You were just doing it for the I love did it of the for game. The exposure. <laughs> yeah. The exposure. yeah. Uh, well, speaking of exposure, go get her album right now. It's really good. All right. We'll talk to everybody next Thank week. You, Bye. Oh, gross. Gross.